Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Steven Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And have you ever been in a situation where it required you to press a button so nothing explodes and no one else, no one else dies? I haven't been in that situation, <laughs> but my job requires to hit me bu- hit buttons, and I actually did pull a homer at one of my jobs because <laughs> did- I wasn't sure if I hit the right button, and I just it, it was. I mean, I'm used to you know doing what I do now, but back in the day. I didn't use a board. We did you ever? Did you ever do the eeny miny mo technique to choose which button you wanted to uh, press? I mean, I didn't actually <laughs> say eeny miny miny mo, but I kind of did. I was like, I think it's this one, and I hit it, and I was right. Nice. So, so for yes, those I actually you... <laughs> have pulled a homer at my job. Perfect. So, for those of you that don't know, this week we are recording an episode where Homer uh, saves the world. Or at least Springfield. Well, I'll say Springfield. Um, and that is season three, episode five, Homer Defined. And as we will tell you throughout this episode, Homer is defined in several ways. Yes, yes, and he is. We will go over those definitions in the uh, Oxford English Dictionary. I don't Although... know if it was the Oxford English <laughs> Dictionary. It was just the dictionary. The dictionary. Yeah. All right, so the air date for this episode was October 17th, 1991, and we're getting pretty close to the next Halloween episode, guys. We are. Two even, more weeks. Even though this episode will be released in, I think, uh, March. on my Oh, the day before my birthday. That's right. So yeah. as, as you guys are listening to this, tomorrow is my birthday. So yeah. feel free to wish happy birthdays as you uh, uh, listen to the episode. Uh, So a recap for the episode, when Homer saves the nuclear plant from a meltdown, he wins praise, but feels he owes it all to luck. I mean, as he should, as we'll discuss. Yeah. The chalkboard gag this week. (laughs) God, this is like the worst. I will not squeak chalk. And if you notice, while he's actually writing it, the he's chalk squeaking the chalkboard. Yes. Yeah. Cause you know, he's not supposed to squeak the chalk. I, my, my guess, I don't know if this is a detentionable offense, but it's really annoying. Well, what's now what's worse squeaking the chalk on the chalkboard or actually scratching the chalkboard? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. It's the, but they're both bad. They're both really yeah. bad. But my guess is, is Bart was called up to the chalkboard to do like a math problem or something. And you know, being Bart, the class clown, just, has to squeak the chalk on the chalkboard and make everyone cringe. And just like last week, uh, Lisa has a different sax solo, and I believe it's pretty much going to be that way from here on out, I think. I I mean, we'll keep you guys posted, but I think the Lisa sax solos are going to be a continuation throughout all the intros, and we'll uh, let you know how that goes. And our couch keg this week, God, that was so weird. Uh, an yeah. alien sits on the couch, 
and escapes through a trap door as the Simpsons rush in. And yeah. I was, alien, you know, I kind of looked at it. I'm like, well, if this was like a Halloween episode, I could kind of see it. And maybe like a yeah. baby Krang, Kang or Kodos. But the, the alien did have a Kang-ish look well, to it. I don't know why they just didn't go. Well, isn't there a, there is a couple couch gags later on in Simpsons season where we do see Kodos on Kang. Kodos and Kang. Yeah, on the couch. The couch so, but I, I just feel like since Kang and Kodos have already been established in The Simpsons that they wouldn't have just used them or a baby version yeah. of them. And I also wanted to mention that I honestly, for the life of me, do not remember this couch gag. I, 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 like, I have no idea back, where this couch gag Granted, yes, there's yes, there's probably close to 600, 650 couch gags to remember. But yeah. this one, I mean, I used to watch the early seasons multiple upon multiple times. And I just, for the life of me, could not remember this one. If you guys remember this couch gag, let us know. Uh, it's such a weird couch gag. It is. It's I'd... so random. So, yeah. So we open up on The Simpsons sitting down eating breakfast. Homer is reading... Uh, U.S. of A today. Not USA today, but U.S. of A today. Yes, that makes sense. Um, the headline on the magazine reads, America's favorite <laughs> pencil. Number two is number one. And, you know, I think I've never used anything but a number two pencil. Well, anything. it's because, I don't know if you, if you, anyone knows this out there, but the number in the number two, number three, number one, five, I think it goes up to like six. It's the lead count yeah. in the pencil. And yeah. so I'm guessing a number two pencil is the safest because, you know, kids like accidentally stabbing themselves with their sharpened pencils or. <laughs> uh, I uh, actually did stab myself yeah, once with a pencil. On exactly. Accident. And if there's too much lead in your pencil, you could get lead poisoning. So I'm guessing the number two was probably the, the safest. But yeah, in the and 90s, man. Oh, it was yeah. all about that number. You better have your number two pen. <laughs> and I also wonder if the lead count was based on, you know, all of our standardized testing where oh, yeah. the machine specifically read that type of lead. I don't know. Like when it comes to standardized testing and like the machine, I don't necessarily know if it's based off the lead or if it's just based off its scans to see which circle is like darkest. Yeah. Because like. And in a lot of states, especially here in Wisconsin, when you vote, they have the circle. You know, you have to. Well, now it's circle. a pen. I think that that's I think a pen. That, yeah, but it's changed over the years. I mean, in the '90s, and I'm sure early, early on, all the way since standardized testing began, it was always pencil. It, yeah, I, I don't remember ever using pen in school. No, but I bet they so, do now. I I have no. I haven't been in school in uh, ten years. Exactly. Years. Yeah. So. Uh, so then we also see a picture of the babysitter bandit on the front page. I wish there was know. an article title like baby bandit, babysitter bandit escapes or my uh, question is, uh, have they ever actually gone back to the babysitter bandit arc? I feel no, like they no, I, well, at this point I think they're gone too far, but, but they, uh, it's the Simpsons. They've never, they're never too far gone. I guess. Um, so Homer mentions that the SAT scores are declining at a lower rate. And Lisa thinks the paper is just pie graphs, factoids, and Larry King. And I had Speaking a, of which, and I, it's yes. been a couple of months now since Larry King has passed away. Exactly. Sad for, and, especially for me in my field, because he, you know, 
he's a journalist. And, yep, and know, that's why I wanted to add. I wanted to add what Lisa's comment was. Yeah, because it nor it wasn't going to be in the episode originally, but I was like, ah, you know, Lyric King passed away a couple months ago, and I kind of wanted to pay a little. I mean, now was Lisa saying that Larry King being in U.S. of U.S. A of well, we know a Larry today. King exists in the Simpsons universe. No, 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 I know that, but him being in this particular paper was that a compliment or not because i think lisa was saying this paper is overrated and larry king being in the paper makes it overrated maybe i i don't know so then bart comes in and he's filling out a birthday card for millhouse and the front of the card says hey there 10 year old i couldn't afford to get you a new drum and there's a picture of crusty with like a drum with a hole in it because you know can't afford to get you a new drum because the drum on the thing is broken uh, and then, on the, oh my God, the inside of this card. I don't know why this would be made for a 10 year old, but the inside of the card reads, so how about a nice pair of bongos? And it's a, on the other side of the card is a picture of a lady with a robust bust. Yeah. That was pretty interesting for this episode. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I mean, 10 year olds are starting to think like that, maybe. But you got to also imagine this was a Krusty the Clown. I bet Krusty the Clown produced this card. Probably. And you know, Krusty the Clown with his uh, ladies of bazongas. Yeah. So uh, Bart and Lisa head off to school, and Bart is sitting next to Millhouse, and he's really excited. He's like, Here's your present. I got it for you because you didn't have a party on Saturday, and I want you to open it, open it, open it. Um, because Bart, Mulhouse told Bart he wasn't having a party. Is that the uh, thing? I mean, I guess, it, yeah. yeah. I don't know how you get away with that if you're best friends. Like, yes. well, like, as, as we'll learn, uh, so Sherry and Terry pop up from behind Bart Mulhouse and said, oh, Mulhouse, we had a really pleasant time at your party. And Bart was like, uh, Milhouse, like, I don't know what they're talking about. And Bart goes, ah, twins. Yeah. Like, cause you know, they would lie. So then we find out that Bart got Millhouse the official Krusty the Clown walkie-talkies. And the funny thing is, I love this, Bart's like, you can call me on the phone and tell me to turn on my walkie-talkie. We can talk of the walkie-talkies. And I'm thinking, I, I get the joke. I absolutely get it. It's hilarious. But at the same time, if you're going to call, why not just, you know, talk well, on the phone? Well, I guess the one thing that I could think of being 10-year-olds, your parents might pick up. Because remember... Cell phones yeah. don't didn't really exist. I mean, they existed, but not like for kids. Not like and, they do today. Like yeah. they do today. So parents could pick up the other landline and hear the yeah. conversation that was being had That's on true. the phone. So but as having... we find out later, the walkie-talkies always stay on. Oh, the, well, I kind of wonder uh, if Bart ever turns this on. Oh, the batteries are dead, Mom. Batteries yeah. are dead. Bart, stop leaving the walkie-talkies turned on. So then after Millhouse, you know, opens up his gift and thanks Bart, Martin pops up and says he really, he really appreciated the party and all the things that Millhouse did for him, for, for all the kids that attended, like names on like the, the noisemakers and like the food. Yeah, it must Bart. have been a one hell of a party. I mean. It sounded like it. I mean, so uh, Millhouse's mom, I feel like she's just a stay-at-home mom, right? 
Or is she uh, like? Or yeah. Did we did we learn that she was more like a real estate in real estate or something? I guess I can't remember what her job. Like was. Way down the line, I think we learned she does real estate, but right now we don't know what her we, role yeah, is. Yeah, right now we don't know, but we we well, I guess we technically don't know it either. But Millhouse's yeah. dad works at the box. Is it the box factory right now the or cracker the cracker factory. factory? Cracker factory. The cracker factory. He must be making some cracker jack money. Yeah. <laughs> so after Martin pops back down, Bart's like, "What?" and to distract Bart Mills, like, points out the dog. He's like, hey, look at that dog. He's like, wow, brown. Like, he doesn't like, own a brown, a brown dog. dog. <laughs> was it the shifty-eyed dog? I don't you know. You the shifty-eyed dog? Yeah, the shifty-eyed dog. Yeah. I don't know if it was the shifty-eyed Now I kind of want to go back and see if it was the shifty-eyed dog. It'd be too early for the shifty-eyed dog. Yeah. But uh, I wonder if it was now. It could have been that shifty-eyed dog that sits on the corner and goes, Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And so as they're uh, driving down the, the road still, Otto comes onto the mic and wants to applaud Milhouse for his totally bitching party. Bitching and he's like, oh, he, by he the way. the bus driver. Now, as we'll learn why Bart was not invited to the party, why would why would they invite Otto? I, and okay, so to be fair, the parent, okay, the parents usually send out the invitations, not the kid. Now the, the kid, kids tell well, the, the kid will tell the parents who to invite, but the parents yeah. usually send. Now, okay, if a ten year old says, "I want my bus driver to come to the party," as a parent, you're probably I'd not filling out an uh, invitation for that. No. That's I'd my guess. I probably just lie to the kid and be like, "Oh, he was busy today. I'm sorry." Exactly. Like, we didn't get his RSVP. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Otto's like, "Yeah, I must have left my pants on the roof." <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what? what what was Otto doing at the party? I, uh, well, it's Otto. He was probably uh, uh, doing illegal things. Yep. And then as everyone's being let off the bus, Otto on the mic's like, don't learn anything I wouldn't learn. <laughs> but we also find out you know, Bart is uh, devastated to learn he wasn't invited. Yep. And, and this is when Millhouse was like, well, my mom didn't want you to be there because you're a bad influence. Yeah. Or is that a little bit later? But like. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Bart is a bad influence, but hey, he's still Milhouse's best friend and yeah. God, it, it would be it would suck to have your parents tell you your best friend can't come to your party. Yeah. And so yeah. now we cut to the power plant where Burns the one is thing happy. We forgot there. Well, before we cut to the power plant, Otto drives off with Bart on the bus. Yes. Yep. Which is How does Otto not see he's still on the bus? Cuz he's high. He's always high. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we get to Burns at the at the power plant, and Burns is happy that it's Monday, because what boss doesn't like Mondays, apparently? Yeah. And he's like, time to pay for your two days of debauchery, you hungover drones. <laughs> because apparently all the workers drink. Drink. Which, I mean, be if fair, Burns was my boss, I'd probably drink on the weekends. Yep, and then uh, Smithers, uh, you know, wants to tell Mr. Burns, you know, what he did over the weekend. He's like, I caught up on laundry, wrote a letter to his mother. And we also learned that Smithers has a uh, Yorkie Terrier named Hercules. Yeah. But he's not big and buff like Hercules. He's a tiny little uh, purse pooch. It's a terrier. Yeah. Terriers are small. Yep. And so as Burns and Smithers are talking, you actually look at the monitors and there's a worker who's punching his time card. Mm -hmm. And it's the same worker punching his time card in a row. It goes like four or five workers punching their time cards. It's all the same guy. Maybe that was just an animation mistake. Or laziness. 
Why would I want to draw multiple people punching time cards when I could just draw this? Who's going to notice that? Yeah. Crazy Simpsons fans that watch it to the letter notice that. Yeah. So Smithers asked Burns what he did for the weekend. He said, oh, I watched this movie and there's (laughs) basically naked woman in it and and Smithers like shudders because, you know, the whole running joke up until like a few years ago that Smithers is gay. And then we you know obviously find out that he's gay and, you know, Burns is like, ah, oh, it's terrible. And then we go down in the break room and Homer's telling Carl and Lenny about the same thing. And he's like, yeah, this half naked chick. Yeah. But like, it's on like the opposite side, like burn, you know, Burns is yeah, completely disgusted, disgusted. with it. And every and you know Lenny, Carl, and Homer are all like, "Yeah, that's right." I I did not notice this. Uh, the coffee mugs at Springfield Nuclear Power Plant are shaped like cooling towers, which yep. is kind of awesome. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and 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 I kind of wondered, are they provided mugs? Because obviously behind this behind them, you see the the coffee machine yeah. that we've mentioned before that says. You know, honor refill system, your, you know, refill yeah. your coffee, 25 cents. Well, I bet you, I bet you they're probably provided. I know Burns probably doesn't like paying his employees, but, uh, as we learn when, with Homer and the stuff he gets, um, you gotta make your, like, cause I've worked, you know, I'm on my fifth TV station. Every TV station, like provides stuff for their employees with like the logo on it. Like my current job we were allowed to buy like shirts and polos. I did not get one, not buy, but like ask for one. I didn't get one because I don't really go on the field. And I don't really need any more. But my first station in Madison, the company was like, here, here's a group of things you get to spend in quotes like $60. So one year I got an umbrella, one year I got a, a water bottle, one year I got like a nice down winter jacket with a logo on it. Um, so... You know, I actually got a coffee mug from my current station when I first started there and some stuff with scripts on it. So it's possible Burns provided those mugs. Yeah. So we cut to Homer supposedly doing his job, which yeah. he wasn't. He had a box of donuts. <laughs> a whole box of his, donuts. Whole box of donuts. Is for. I like how he's sticking his finger in each donut to figure out what flavor it is. And then when he settles on, he goes, mmm, purple. You mean grape? No purple. purple, no purple. It's oh called. The but there was a strawberry. Purple. There was custard. I would have eaten the custard one. Yeah, I custard love ones custard are good. And I like how filled. the donut guy must have been happy because back in Brush with Greatness, we learned that the donut guy was very upset because oh, Homer yeah. went on a diet. So the donut yeah. guy must be very happy that Homer's taking entire boxes yeah. of donuts back to his tape, uh, his his workstation. Workstation. Thank you to yeah. uh, eat. So then we, uh, so then Homer, we cut to the core temperature gauge, which goes from caution to danger, but Homer doesn't see that because he's eating his jelly filled donut and the jelly squirts out the back and lands on the gauge. And so we, we don't know what happened. It's I know. Cliffhanger. Um, so then we cut back to Otto driving 70 miles an hour to the quickie mart with Bart still in the back and... <laughs> Uh, he, he's going to, you know, going to quick trip to get a quickie. Mark? I forgot what he called. Well, he said a hot, well, it was a hot dog, but I forgot what Otto called it. Like a lantern dog or whatever. But he went to the quickie mart, not the quick trip. God, <laughs> there's too many quick trips in Wisconsin. Um, yes, you're right. The quickie mart. 
And uh, Otto sings the bass line from Edgar Winter's Frankenstein. I that's did not know that. That's when he's uh, driving the bus at 70 miles gotcha. an hour. He's like, do, 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 whatever he's, uh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know the, the bass line from that song, but yes. Yeah. So Otto sings that bass line from Edgar Winter's Frankenstein while he's uh, driving 70 miles an hour. Oh, what are the speed limits in Springfield? I can't imagine what the, whatever street he's on going to the Quickie Mart is like more than 35. Yeah, probably not. But um, he's driving a school bus. If they don't like it, people get out of the way. Uh, so then Apu notices Bart is still on the bus. And uh, <laughs> Apu's like, Otto, you still have a kid on the bus. And I was like, oh, man, it's a good thing you said that. I was on my way to Mexico. And he's so not going to pick clearly... up the kids after school is out. So here's the thing. Again, we don't know where Springfield is. I mean, (laughs) like, we think it's in Utah, but maybe they're in Texas. That's close enough to the Mexican border or California. Maybe he's just crossing the the country line to pick up some stuff from Mexico and he was going to come back. Yeah, I don't know if Otto can pick up anything in Mexico that wouldn't get flagged at the border on the way back. You're probably not wrong. (laughs) So... So then we cut cut back to uh, Homer and now... You know, because the core is melting down. Uh, we see the jelly on the gauge, like, starting to bubble and, like, get hot because it's getting hot in there. Okay, so do you and... think that's what it is? I I imagined the board was overheating or the gauge was it's overheating. Possible, like, okay, that's probably a better, better scenario is the board, like, his Homer's workstation was just getting overheated. It's possible the the, the plant was overheating, too. But Homer is also napping, so he doesn't see what's going on because it's Homer and he's incompetent. Yep. And so we get to uh, Burns' office and the alarm's going off. And he's still like, bitching about the movie? <laughs> and he's still bitching about the movie. Call me old-fashioned, but movies were sexier when the actress kept their clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Mr. Burns. And so, the, and so he's the alarm goes off and Smithers, uh, Burns is like, well, where's that alarm coming from? Burns is like, 7G? Good God, who's the safety inspector there? <laughs> so there's like, uh, Homer Simpson, sir. Simpson, eh? Good man? Intelligent? Actually, sir, he was hired under Project Bootstrap. And Burns bitterly says, thank you, thank President you. Ford. And so I looked this up because I wanted to see if it was something real. But here's okay. the theory. So President Ford is often referred to as a bumbling caretaker president. Okay. So the joke yeah. may be that Project Bootstrap and bootstrap often referring to a way of gaining entrance or passage by attaching oneself or someone or something more qualified gotcha. was the Ford administration's government sponsored attempt to get other bumbling idiots, i.e. Homer jobs, uh... sort of the lame equivalent of ambitious public works projects of FDR's administration. Gotcha. So, so basically it's kind of like the no child left behind thing. We yep. don't want to leave stupid kids behind so we got to make sure they 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 uh they stay with us yep so it's kind of like that yeah no that's a that's that's a neat little reference i'm pretty sure you know that's a really really good theory yeah i, I, I like that yeah and so homer wakes up his <laughs> noise bad noise. bad noise and i just like how he's woken up by the alarm with only five minutes until critical mass i feel like at any nuclear power plant this alarm should be going off with hopefully 
you know, three hours, tw- 10 hours. I don't know. And I, I guess I, would, I don't I would imagine as soon as the core temperature goes from caution to danger, the alarm automatically triggers. Yep. And so. And I don't know. I don't know how nuclear power plants work back in the 90s. Um, actually, I don't know if you had this teacher in high school, but there was a teacher in high school. He taught pre-calc and statistics. And at the end of the, every year, he would talk about his trip to the uh, nuclear power plant he went to. And I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, there is a fail safe. Oh, yeah. So that like if there's no operator, you know, there's a fail safe where it's going to turn off the core. Just if in only case. Chernobyl had a fail safe. Right. <laughs> so um, he's like, I like how he's like, oh, so, someone else will fix this. This is. You know, this isn't my problem. And then the jelly bursts on his console. And then Homer realizes it's his problem. He's like, we're doomed. Oh, my God. You know, he's not wrong. He's incompetent. Yep. So then we got back to uh, Bart complaining to Otto about not uh, getting invited to uh, Millhouse's party. And Otto goes, look at me, man. My brother, my wife ran off with my brother, and now I'm sleeping on her couch. And that was all a month ago. Like, he's excited about it. Like, it doesn't bum him out that his wife ran away with his brother, and now he's sleeping, not on a couch, underneath one. Yep. Yeah. Otto lives a very interesting uh, life. Yeah. I think later on we see him actually living in an attic somewhere, and I kind of wonder if it's still his uh, ex-wife's house. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so now we cut to Marge. She's watching a soap opera where, you know, it's the normal daytime. Oh, I can't sleep with you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the male character is actually voiced by John Lovitz. The soap opera is then interrupted by breaking news by Springfield Action News Bulletin. And their headline is uh, Meltdown Crisis, the first couple of minutes. <laughs> and But is so it really was... the first couple of minutes? If Do they not know there's only five minutes until critical failure maybe or... the, maybe the well don't forget we we you know we saw burns and smithers talking when the alarm was going off so who knows what the time frame is between them talking about it and homer getting woken up by it i guess so i mean it just seems really weird and then we obviously know that that uh what episode was that two three episodes ago where they installed the michael jackson episode right where they installed that uh nuclear power plant testy thing oh yeah that's that not to, operational? Yeah, did they completely uh, abandon the warning system from yeah. from the the thing they installed? Right? I that mean, was that yeah. was that episode, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Come yeah. on, you guys installed so the one, safety sign and it does nothing. The one thing I the one thing I do want to say about them cutting in to a soap opera, it's not actually that far fetched because I know. When there is severe weather, you know, well, anywhere, yeah. Yeah. they're going to cut in. So if it's life-threatening like this, and there's a warning, and I could really see them cutting in. What I don't see happening is this next thing, where they're on air, the makeup people are still getting Brockman repair, uh, you know, prepared for it. Um, that probably would not happen. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's impossible. Stupid things happen all the time to go on air. Um, but in a breaking news situation, what they don't normally go on air until everybody's ready to go. So in this instance, they there's no way Brock Kent Brockman would have been on air with other people like powdering his face. 
Yeah, I guess it's funny. Other, I find it hilarious. I guess I maybe. I guess maybe you would know this. Okay, so does a news station have an anchor or someone just at the station twenty four seven or on call for disasters? Uh yes. Uh, so as far as on call, yeah, there's usually like one person who's like designated. Um, I know at a lot of TV stations, they will have an on-call reporter and an on-call photographer. Um, I had that at my last station in Madison, where if something goes wrong, you get a call at 1 a.m. Like, hey, you need to go to this. And they have their gear. They have a station car. So it's it's also possible Brockman was already at the station because I'm pretty sure he's like their nightly news anchor. Well, no, it would have been during the day. Well, I guess. No, but I'm saying Brockman's. Brockman's schedule is probably like 1 p.m. to like 11 p.m. Oh, it's probably gotcha, like gotcha. their main anchor, and that's what they usually work. Because um, usually whenever we see him, he's on at night. Yeah. Um, so he was probably already at the station, and then the nuclear plant was having a meltdown, and they're like, Kent, you need to go. Burns calls in to Brockman, and he assures that engineers are just fixing a minor problem, and we cut to the power plant. And people are screaming and people are praying and people are breaking a a Buzz Cola machine to steal soda, which I guess. Yep. And then people are freaking people are freaking out at at the uh, at the nuclear power plant while Burns is uh, assuring assuring Springfieldians that uh, there's nothing wrong. And the kicker is the rats leaving the power plant. Yes, they don't even want to be around. Yep. And I like how the. I just like how when Burns is talking to oh. Brockman, he ha- he's wearing a toupee in his press <laughs> file photo. Um, yeah, I yeah, and that's actually that's pretty good work by the production team to have that ready to go. I applaud <laughs> I applaud the Springfield TV station because um, normally in a, a breaking news situation, if you know like in that short a time frame, because I'm I'm gonna assume it's like between the alarm and them going on air is probably a good five to 10 minutes because unless people are ready to go and maybe they were using the alarm system that they installed, who knows? Yeah. Um, but that's some pretty, I, I, I applaud the Springfield production team, TV production team for getting that graphic ready. I'm sure they had it on standby because it's burns yeah. and he's rich, but Good for them. Yeah, and one so, other thing uh, that one other thing that you do notice when everyone's screaming and running around the power plant is yeah. uh, radioactive waste actually leaks out of a trash can outside of the plant coffee room. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we'll see, they also store radio radioactive waste in their storage closets. Yes. Um. So after uh, Burns is done talking to Kent. Uh, we cut back and Burns tells, uh, he's still on the phone. He's like, oh, there's, or no, he wasn't done talking. But he goes, oh yeah, there's nothing worried about as he puts on <laughs> Smithers' radiation suit. Because Smithers is like, sir, where's my radiation suit? And he covers up Smithers' name on it. He goes, I don't know where it is. Wouldn't Burns have his own radiation suit? Uh, you would think. Either that and or also, he Well, the other it. thing is, uh, maybe, but I like the other thing as we'll kind of get into in a couple minutes. Is, you know, when everybody is like, oh my God, this is it. And Burns is sitting in the radiation suit. What's even the point of putting it on? You're going to die anyways. (laughs) Well, I think it's just to protect from radiation in case Homer actually gets his act together and 
saves everyone and it doesn't go off. Because obviously there has to be, I'm assuming, some form of radiation actually leaking leaking through the power plant. I mean, it might not be damaging, but wearing a radiation suit is probably smart. Yeah. So then we cut back to Homer who's (laughs) freaking out and he's like, the manual. Manual will tell me, and he finds the manual. It's like it's the size of a phone book. He's like, well, thank you for purchasing this reactor core. And then he, uh, I love how he finds the blueprints. He goes, "Who would think a nuclear reactor would be so, so complicated?" complicated. <laughs> Actually, I kind of wonder. It is, you know, I've seen pictures of inside of a nuclear power plant because of my teacher in high school. Yeah, I, I, I you got to be smart. Yeah, what is on. Homer doing? Okay. I, I I just don't understand why Homer would be at this job. Now, to be fair, we learn Homer, like, has a little flashback on, you know, learning which button to hit. Yes. Like, if he would have just paid attention, I don't think we'd be in this mess. But You're all right. But um, we'll get to that in a second. So we also see, so we cut to the senior citizen home and we get Jasper and, and uh, Grandpa <laughs> and... And who was the other guy? There's it was a random person. lady. Was it? Okay. Yeah. And they're watching and they're like, I don't like this. Change the channel. And so they turn on Wheel of Fortune because old people like Wheel I, of Fortune. And if they're going to die. I would have turned on Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. If they're going to die, they're going to die. They're already old. Yeah. So let's just yeah. watch something we want to watch. And so we cut yeah. back to Homer and he just doesn't understand the manual. And says when they look up the word stupid in the dictionary, there'll be a picture of him. And it's so you. He imagines the dictionary and all of a sudden it goes down to stupid. And one, so first, stupid is an adjective. One, yep. slow of mind. Two, yep. unintelligent. Three, Homer Simpson. <laughs> and there's a picture of Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. And so, I mean, that's just great. I think, don't they do this? I mean, obviously they do it a few more times this episode, but I feel yes. like they do it a few times throughout all the seasons too. When Homer does stuff. Do, but maybe, no? I don't know. I don't th- I think this was a one-time thing with one this time, episode. One-time deal. Yeah. And, and so we cut back to the Simpson house and Marge is sitting on the ground praying. And she's uh, like, dear Lord, if you spare this town from becoming a smoking hole in the ground, I'll try to be a better Christian. I don't know what I can do. Um, oh, the next time there's a canned food drive. <laughs> I'll give the poor something they'd actually like instead of old lima beans and pumpkin mix. <laughs> uh, now, I mean, I don't what I, I've seen a lot of these canned food drives and I know back in the day Chipotle did uh, a food quote food drive thing where you bring a canned good in, you get a free burrito. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I would literally run to Target to get a 99 cent can of whatever, like literally whatever down the aisle to yeah. get my free burrito. And I just feel like Marge is kind of right. What do people do with canned goods that are just like pumpkin mix? Who, who what do you, how is that going to help anyone? Lima beans can help. Yeah, lima beans can help. I guess that's at least more edible, I guess, than just. Well, I mean, I guess if you're donating, mix. it depends on what you're donating to. If you're donating to a food pantry, yeah. Pumpkin mix is probably not going to help anybody. But if you're like donating to a food shelter, the shelter could probably use the pumpkin mix to actually make like a pumpkin pie for like Thanksgiving. Yep. So it really, it depends on the situation. Yeah. It just seems kind of, kind of funny. I I like Marge's, Marge's uh, prayer. It's kind of nice. I do (laughs) also like the fact in the scene, Maggie's like sitting next to her and she sees 
Marge praying, so she kind of does it. Yeah, but she can only do it for like a couple seconds because then she falls over. Yeah, Maggie likes falling down. Yeah, Maggie Maggie likes falling down. And one thing I did want to mention that was pretty funny during Ken Brockman's interview, we kind of skipped over it, but Ken Brockman's like, "Uh, Mr. Burns, people are calling this a meltdown," and Burns is like, "Oh, meltdown." It's one of those annoying buzzwords, Words. in quotes. We prefer to call it an unrequested fission surplus. <laughs> so uh, I, I do love Mr. Burns. And so yeah. we cut back to Homer and the alarm tells him he has one minute left. It's like, will you shut up? Shut up. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny because I kind of do that. I don't, I haven't, I don't really use the voice on my GPS. I probably should. Like if I'm <laughs> like when I come to visit you in Minnesota, I have the GPS on. I kind of know where I'm going anyways. This is just in case something stupid happens. But I remember taking road trips with some friends and we have the GPS on. It would tell us, take a left turn here, take a left right turn there. And I remember we'd always just yell at it to shut up. Yeah. Those voices are annoying. Just a little bit. Well, you could change the voice on a GPS. Yeah, but who has time for that? Um, yeah. Uh, well, Homer thinks back to his training. So we mentioned this where he's playing with a Rubik's Cube. And he's like, uh, Homer, if there's ever a critical meltdown, you have to press this button right here. And he's like, dude, to do. Ooh, a side. attention? It's like, will you pay attention? He's like, what did I say? Uh, push that button. Um, okay. And so we flash back to Homer literally holding the Rubik's Cube. He's like, I blame <laughs> you for fault. this. This is all your fault. <laughs> and so we flash back to Burns and he says the only thing uh, that's left to do is kiss his sorry butt goodbye. And, and then Smithers asks if he can do it. And yeah. Burns shudders. <laughs> but, but and also Smithers says like, sir, there may be an, uh, may never be another time to say I love you, sir. And Burns is like, oh, hot dog. Thank you for making my last few moments on Earth socially awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's hilarious. You gotta love those two. They're they're yeah. really really funny. Um, yeah. And uh, prof- now we come back to the was it the news station? It was. Well, he's the, with Kent Brockman. Yeah, so I'm guessing they called Professor Franken to kind of let yeah. him know what's going to happen if the core melts, yeah. or you know, there's a meltdown. Professor explains to Kent the areas that will be infected by the meltdown. He's like, right here, this will be uh, sudden death right here in the yellow and then in the red where we are <laughs> we'll we'll it's gonna be a slow agonizing death oh my god that's you know and that's something that in not covid times well even in covid times because you could like do a zoom obviously in a smaller city this is probably gonna be easier um maybe in a bigger city you could probably do this too like call up a uh, a scientist and be like because a lot, I mean, TV stations have a list of people who they're going to call in the event of certain things. Yeah. Like you have your political people, you have your sports people, you have teachers and doctors. And so in this case, yeah, they probably, why they would go to Frank, I'm not 100% sure. He seems to be smart, but we all know he's kind of insane. Yeah, but I um, guess the big thing that we do realize, so in the first instance of Frank, when he's asking for the death ray, yeah. We obviously think he's a crackpot scientist, a madman, but it seems yeah. like in the next appearance, he's more of the scientist, the calm, controlled, yeah. you know, not insane. So I guess someone on their staff was like, you know what? We need a scientist on this on this show, but let's not, Frank. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's not make him 
great. We have we have Doctor Hibbert, the great, you know, the standard doctor. We have Doctor Nick. Do we really want a madman scientist and a normal scientist? No, let's just turn Frank into the normal scientist. Yeah. So then we cut to the elementary school, and all the kids and Principal Skinner are underneath their desks to hide from the meltdown. And I, that's so funny because. You know, back in what, the sixties and seventies, that used to be the thing. Yep. Where, oh yeah, if there's a if there's an explosion at the plant, hide under your desk. No, that was or, more like a nuclear attack attack from like Russia. Yeah. Well, isn't there a Family Guy episode where they make fun of that? Where like was it Family Guy? It was something to do with lava. Yeah, that was South Park or South Park. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah. Ducking cover, ducking cover, lava. and the lava goes lava. right over him, and he's perfectly yeah. safe. Um, so yeah, this is, it's cause you know, here in Wisconsin, we used to do tornado drills in Racine and Racine doesn't get, I think they've had like maybe two or three confirmed tornadoes ever, but for like tornado drills, you huddle in the hallway and you put your, your, your head between your, your legs. Yep. And that's, that protects you. And, but in the new, in the case of a nuclear meltdown, you're dead. Yeah, there's no hiding from it. There's no hiding. So we cut back to Homer and he's doing uh, bubblegum, bubblegum in a dish. There's <laughs> another one he does. But then he finally s- settles on any mini, miny, mo to pick a button. And uh, I did not realize this. I didn't see where the clock stopped. Usually it stops at one. Here yep. it stopped at 007, which is a... Uh, it's a possible James Bond reference. Maybe yeah, I'm just, just wondering. Like, I'm just wondering if it was one of those, you know, James Bond stops a nuclear event, or yeah. you know, in one of his many adventures. Yeah. And but I Homer almost, goes, "Eeny, mini, miny, mo." This one, and he shuts his eyes as he presses it, and this is where we go to commercial break. You know, I didn't look it up, but I almost wonder if in a maybe any of you James Bond aficionados that listen to this podcast know this. Let us know if there was a uh, movie where James Bond stopped a nuclear explosion. I think there eeny, is one. Like using eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Oh, no, it's James Bond. No, but He's I know, not... I know, I know, I know. But I just wonder. Like, I, I, I don't wonder... know. There is not. I've seen. Because that would be a great of... pull. That would be a great pull for this episode had there been one. No. So we cut back from commercial, a.k.a. black, because, you know, we're streaming this. Um, and so. You know, Homer, you know, got lucky and he hit the right button and the alarm voice wishes Homer a nice day. <laughs> yep. Have a nice day. <laughs> so then we cut to Homer imagining the word lucky in the dictionary. Lucky is an adjective. One, prone to good fortune, which uh, the first two definitely describe Steve. He's a very lucky human being. Yes. Um, two, succeeding through chance. Three, <laughs> Homer Simpson. So Homer is stupid lucky, which, yeah, defines him to a T, I think. Oh, yeah. So after that, everybody uh, cheers that they're not dead and the people praying cheer. And I love how they put the soda machine back where it was, but the glass is already broken. Yep. Um, so then we cut to a closet where there is a male and female co-worker that open and they're closer to shoveled. <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod. Well, if um, they're all going to die. Might uh, as well go out happy. Yeah. Um, so the female coworker asks the male coworker if she will ever see him again. And he replies at the next meltdown. <laughs> well, like, this Homer, is a common freaking occurrence. Well, if Homer Simpson is the safety inspector, I, maybe they, maybe they get together in the closet once a year. 
Maybe. So in the closet, we see uh, 3,000 plastic spoons that are unbreakable Ooh. and plutonium rods, 100 count, sitting on a barrel of nuclear waste. <laughs> yeah, so they just store this shit anywhere. Yep. Um, and then we uh, cut back to the outside and the rats are like, oh, there's no meltdown. Let's return to them. That's a lot of rats. How is that not a uh, OSHA violation? Well, we do know that Burns likes paying off the, the inspectors. That's true. Um, so then we cut to like people driving down the street and we see somebody, uh, holding a, or wearing a, I survived the Springfield nuclear scare and it's comic book guy. And you know, it's funny because this, this stuff happens in modern day where something crazy happens and people like, there was like a very minor earthquake in a small town here in Wisconsin, uh, North of Madison. And like somebody's lawn chair fell over and they took a picture of it and they made t-shirts that said, I survived this earthquake. And it's the picture of this plastic lawn chair lying on the ground. Well, we did that in 99. I don't know if you were at camp in 99, I guess I don't I remember. It was when I got back from uh, my Israel trip. Oh no, was... I was, uh, I was gone. Okay. So there was yeah, a was... storm. There was a storm yep. that pretty much destroyed camp. I mean, everything, yep. the tennis course, I, cabins, I all that. of that. And we yeah. all made shirts that said, I survived the storm of the century. I mean, yeah. it's funny when it, I mean, it's not funny when it happens, but after it's all over, you're like, okay, you know what? Stuff happened. Let's, let's be lighthearted about it and, and, no, and I make something. I wasn't there for the storm, but I believe, uh, I came back. I think I went to the second session of camp. Because I remember having to eat outdoors, unless that was the following year, because I hadn't fixed the dining hall yet. Possible, but yeah, I mean, I was there for the story. It was, it was yeah. There insane. was a cabin that there was a couple cabins that got destroyed. Oh, and yeah. some of the tents that got thrown at strewn about. Yeah, I w- I kind of wish I was there for it, but I survived. Be, I survived it, survive. so that was good. I, I I do still have that shirt. Don't wear it much, but I still have that shirt. So then we cut back to the old folks' home, and they're laughing at a guy who couldn't uh, finish the puzzle. And <laughs> the puzzle was the pu- the guy said three loins in the fountain. It's hilarious because people do, do that, that all the time on Wheel of Fortune. And good God, I mean, come on, three, three coins w- in the fountain, three coins in the fountain. I, I I remember, I remember. I don't know if it's a real picture or not. But there is a picture out there from Wheel of Fortune where it's I think it's like luck, luck be a lady or something. But like it's missing letters. Yeah. So yeah. if you have a dirty mind, yep. it's no, there's a few of those out there that I've yeah. seen. And I don't know which are real and which are fake because obviously people they are still funny. They're still funny. And I can't yeah. believe people would uh, would. Uh... And I think there was also an SNL bit, wasn't there, where it was like, no, the there was a. Uh... Like it was like the N word or something, or was that a Family Guy one? That was a Family Guy, and it's Naggers. Naggers, yep. And Lois was like in the other word. <laughs> so wasn't it her father that said it? Yep. See, it can yeah. happen. It's it, yeah. three loins in the fountain is normal. <laughs> it can happen. So yes. I like how uh, Burns is in the office thinking, you know, about you know Homer Simpson, and Burns names Homer Simpson the employee of the month. After uh, Burns told him to go get him a white wine spritzer. Spritzer. Because, you know, I, Don't hold out on the vino. Don't hold out on the vino. And so, 
uh, uh, Smithers drops the wa- the wine <laughs> on the ground because he's like, I'm a, I'm the employee of the month. Why are you making me employee of the month? I did absolutely yeah. nothing to save the plant. <laughs> and, and, so, and so then we cut back to Springfield Elementary and uh, Bart offers uh, Milhouse salt. And obviously because he's upset, he unscrewed the cap. And yep. as that joke, the salt, salt pours all out. And Bart's like, oh, now we're even. And we can be best friends again. And that's when we learn that, uh, you know, yeah. Bart can't come over because Milhouse's mom thinks he's a bad influence. A bad now, have you, I you know... I don't think I've ever now there is a a really good friend of mine and I had sworn in front of his mom once and she yelled at me for it um, because she was kind of like a second mom. But I don't think I've ever had a friend in high school, elementary school, whatever, where a parent was like, oh, you can't hang out with, you know, they told my friend they couldn't hang out with me because I was a bad influence or but like, I don't even think our parents ever said, "Oh, you shouldn't be hanging out with this person because they're a bad person." Yeah, I don't think I. I mean, I got to hang out with who I want. I mean, yeah. I mean, we did stuff. We, yeah. I mean, I. I just don't yeah. think it was that big of a deal. I don't think we we were bad kids, and I don't think the people we hung out with were bad kids. I mean, we knew kids that did bad things, but yeah, it wasn't like arrestable offenses or shoplifting. No. You know. Things that would influence in the wrong way. I mean, we did yeah. stupid stuff, just not. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I I would say, I don't know if, I mean, Bart is a, you kind of have to. He is a bad influence. He is, in a way. And we'll get, we'll, we'll tell you what Bart does later on once he can hang out with Milhouse again. But. Yes. And Spoiler so Bart, alert. Yeah. And so Bart yells at Milhouse uh, for <laughs> listening to his mom. Because, yeah, why are you listening to your mom? And yeah. Milhouse's uh, mom's threatened to cut off his allowance if he's seen with Bart again. And there's, I mean, we're only on season three, just on the beginning, and we've seen yeah. Bart and Milhouse, you know, hang out and do stuff together. So I'm guessing if it was a recent event, yeah. Well, I guess it was the Meat Love Sucks, which we'll get to, but that must have yeah. been the final straw in the cop or his final nail which in is the coffin. Yeah, kind of weird. And so Bart Bart says <laughs> he'll pay him double his allowance to remain friends now. That's something you don't want to do. You don't want to pay uh, someone to be your friend. No, that's uh, that person is not worth your time if you have to pay them to be your friend. And it would just get weird. Even if you are really best friends, it would. St- I think it would just get weird. Yeah. And so everyone's gathered around Homer back at the plant, trying to figure out, you know, what he, you know, what he did, why he was such a great person. He's like, a nuclear power plant is like a woman. You just got to read the manual and press the right button. <laughs> Uh, there are no manuals when it comes to people. No, there are in not. In general. No. Unless you're a robot person. Like the Terminator. Although I don't think the Terminator had a manual. Well, maybe mean, maybe he, Skynet had a manual and then they had to throw it out because, you know, they got a mind of their own. Yeah. And so Burns introduces himself to Homer in the thing. And I'm, again? I mean, uh, he... Oh, my God. We're going it, to... It'll never end. Burns forgetting who Homer end. is... It'll never end. But don't forget, he said he would. But at this instance, you know, it was a congratulatory thing. So maybe, maybe Burns just has short term memory. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. So uh, I just, God. So, you know, we cut to the auditorium in the power plant and uh, Burns is announcing that Homer is the employee of the month and all the, all his coworkers are chanting his name, Homer. 
Homer because he saved their lives. And so uh, Smithers pops out a curtain to put a plaque of Homer's picture. I love the picture is like a, of a younger Homer. Younger. With hair. Yeah. Like yeah. they didn't decide to take a new picture of him. Yeah. So, but we see on the wall that Smithers is always the employee of the month. Yep. So I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder if Smithers was the one that came up with the idea for employee of the month. And Smithers was like, I'm going to tell Burns who the employee of the month is, but he always names himself. Now, here's the thing. So we all we all know that Homer is awarded a ham, a plaque, yep. a coupon book, Burns' personal thumbs up, which, which he struggles, which to, get struggles to get, and a picture on the Wall of Fame. Now, did Smithers get all these fun prizes every time he was awarded employee of the month? Or is Probably it just Burns' infection? Affection. Maybe it's just Burns' affection. Maybe that's why he did it. Yeah. He didn't want all this other crap. But then Smithers like, well, shit, he named Homer? Well, we got to give him something. I haven't been getting anything. Yeah, right. It would look weird if we didn't give him anything. So then uh, Hol- uh, Burns is like, oh, you have a congratulatory phone call from L.A. Lakers superstar Irvin Magic Johnson. And Magic Johnson is the first pro athlete to special guest voice on The Simpsons. Yep. Um, and also one of the announcers guest voice. I didn't write the guy's name down because he's eh, nobody. I, I don't know who he is. Um, so I was like, eh, but so Homer is like uh, magic tells Homer that he used their last time out to call him to congratulate him. If I was the coach, I think I'd be a little pissed. Well, I mean, he's magic Johnson. He's he so the Lakers the were probably winning anyways. Yeah. They were up by like 50. Yeah. So, uh, Homer asks Magic, what if it was luck and not skill? And Magic said, eventually those people are exposed for the frauds they are. And Homer kind of gets this face of, uh-oh, I'm going to be found out soon and ostracized. Yep. And you know what? Um, I have a friend, I have a few friends, and we like to say, we have this saying, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Yep. I mean, in this instance, working in a nuclear power plant, you probably should be good at your job. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, sometimes you luck into things. Things. So then we cut back to Lisa and Bart watching Itchy and Scratchy in My Dinner with Itchy. And I believe this is a reference to My Dinner with, um, shoot, I I should have looked this up, but there's a movie out there and Community spoofs it. Um, but anyways, Itchy gives Scratchy acid to drink, which dissolves his skin, a way to show his bones. Itchy then takes his glass of acid and throws it in Scratchy's eyes. And Scratchy runs outside and gets hit by a bus. Yes. Um, and we cut back to the, the children and Lisa's laughing, but Bart is too sad of, you know, his friendship being dissolved by Milhouse's mom. Yeah, it's so sad. So then we cut to the front of the Simpsons house where Homer sneaks into the house because he doesn't want his family to find out what happened. For... Well, I mean, I, I don't I think if it wasn't an accident, he'd want them to know. Yeah. But, but he knows he knows a, he lucked into it. So yeah. he's like, he's a um, And so Larsha is like, Homer, did you buy a ham? Yeah. 20 pound ham. <laughs> and so she sees the plaque and uh, Homer's plaque reads for heroic competence for narrowly averting a meltdown and proving without question that nuclear power is completely safe. Uh, nope. Nope. Uh, but so then we cut to another dictionary that says fraud, which is a noun imposter fake Homer Simpson. Yep. So he is all three yeah, of those things. Yeah. 
<laughs> I would say he's two of those three things. And then you'd have to guess which one he's not. Homer Simpson? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so then uh Homer lashes out at Marge because he's like, No, oh, I don't I don't you don't have to praise me, and then Lisa's like, You're great. I we have someone in the family that I have something I can look up to. And yeah. so <laughs> Stop admiring me. Stop admiring me. Yeah, Lisa's staring at Homer while he's watching bowling on TV. I'm just sitting here with quiet admiration. Well, as long as it's quiet. Exactly. And so I like how Bart is starting to flip through old pictures of him in Millhouse. And the first picture is Bart sawing Millhouse in half. Then the second picture is them in the hospital after Millhouse got stitches from being sawn in half. (laughs) Or at least attempted to be sawn. I'm sure he would have screamed really loud. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yep. And so we cut to back to the plant and Homer's pulling in and he gets to park in the employee of the month parking spot next to Burns. And he opens up I the door. I feel like so. I feel like there's no way that at any company that has an employee of the month parking spot would the boss ever allow it to be next to him because of what, what No, usually next. it's I mean, it depends on the company, but that's usually that's like true. right up front. I can oh, see yeah. it being next year. I mean, obviously that used to be Smithers spot. I like how yeah. Smithers doesn't actually have his own parking spot. I feel you like being like Burns is, yeah, being Burns is executive assistant. He would, but Smithers was like, I'm going to be employee of the month every month. I might as well just make a spot for it. Yeah. And then, then it bit him in the ass. He uh, doesn't yep. get that spot anymore. And so he dings Burns, car. He's like, yeah, he'll never notice. Cause <laughs> yeah, well, because, to be know, fair, there's not a pink. Well, to be fair, it's on the, it's on the passenger side. That's true. It burns, burns, gets on on the driver's side. So maybe Smithers would notice if he ever got into his car. Yes. And then so Smithers has to park, you know, very far away because <laughs> apparently he got to the plant late. Like, well, because he, just, he, you know, he's so used to parking right next to Burns. He just doesn't show up on time. I feel like he yeah. showed up at the plant late, which made him even more late getting up to the office because. Yes. Um, and so Burns is having a meeting with Aristotle Amadophilus. Yeah, which is also voiced by John Lovitz. Yep. And he's the also the owner of Shelbyville Nuclear Power Facility, which why do you need two power facility nuclear power plants in the same general vicinity? Uh because Shelbyville is a copy of Springfield? Are they like uh opposites? Maybe. Maybe. They're like the flip side of Springfield. Maybe. Yep. And so I like how Amadophilus yeah. pronouncing that raise is they're talking burns them are talking about their employees and i like how he he refers to his employees as mangy cud chewing ugly goats <laughs> god which i think burns almost is like yeah mine are beer guzzling hungover jerks that show up on monday yes and so and so smithers comes running in out of breath and smithers complains about the parking <laughs> which you think they'd make it better and Aristotle says Smithers has no love for the power plant and burns shoes Smithers away. <laughs> why would, I mean, I guess they're both power plant owners, but why would Burns shoo Smithers away for complaining about the parking? Well, he thinks Smithers should not be complaining about anything. That's fair. So then we cut back to the Simpsons household and because Bart doesn't have a best friend anymore, uh, he's playing Monopoly with Maggie and I love how he lands on the community chest, but instead of just taking the top card, you know, the top card like you're supposed to, he just takes the stack and looks for the beauty contest. Yep. Winnings. Um, 
So then Maggie coughs up a hotel <laughs> and Marge is like, Bart, don't feed your sister uh, Monopoly pieces. And Bart's like, don't worry, mom. There's plenty more where they came from. That's not what she's yelling at you for, Bart. No. Um, Tiny pieces. That's, that's why the box is ages like five and up. And it's not yeah. because they're not smart enough to handle it, which that's part of it. It's got yeah. small pieces that kids can swallow. So then uh, Marge is like, well, why don't you play with Millhouse? And Bart tells Marge that he hasn't made up with Millhouse's yet because of Millhouse's mom. So... So then Bart's like, come on, Maggie, we're going to go to go disturb a hornet's nest. No, let's throw rocks at a hornet's nest. What it says. Well, disturb, throw rocks. There's not really much of a difference. But if you're going to quote it, quote it right. And Marge goes, because mm, she's annoyed that, you know, Bart is doing that with his baby sister. Yeah. So then, because uh, Marge has had enough, so she goes over to Luann, uh, to Milhouse's house. And we get our first appearance of Luann. Luann Van Houten, and this is also the first time we hear Melhouse's last name. So that's kind of neat. Uh, Marge and Luann have tea, and Luann blames Bart for Mil uh, blames Bart for Milhouse telling uh, his mom that her meatloaf sucks. And she goes, "Well, there's no way he heard it on TV. He must have gotten it from Bart." Yeah, and it's like, no, they watch Itchy and Scratchy together. Really, you're gonna blame Bart? Yeah, and not like Milhouse doesn't watch bad things on TV too. And yeah. I like how Mark's like, "Look, I know Bart can be a handful, but I also know what he's like on in on the inside. He's got a spark. It's not a bad thing. Of course, it makes him do bad things." <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, Mrs. Van Houten, she's like, "Well, Marge, the other day Milhouse told me my meatloaf sucks." He must have gotten that from your little boy, because they certainly don't say that on TV. <laughs> uh, sure, Luann. Sure. And then Marge uh, Marge pleads with Luann, saying the boys are all they got because they are too young for girls. They are both target for bullies, and they are both sheep in the Christmas pageant. Yep. Which is weird. I mean, I feel like Bart is kind of friends with some of the other kids. Obviously, he doesn't go over and play with them. But it's kind of weird that we learn later, you know, well, in this episode, really, that Bart and Milhouse are best friends. And Luann, like, goes, oh, I'll think about it. As she looks outside uh, and Milhouse is playing by himself on a teeter-totter. Yeah. It's really sad. It is, because, I mean... I, I feel like he should, you know, be able to have friends. I mean, if if yeah. Bart was his only friend, then, you know. That's it, bad parenting by Luann. Yeah, exactly. So we cut back to Homer at um, Moe's Tavern. And Barney is telling Lisa that the next time someone tells her that carny folk are good, honest people <laughs> to spit in their face for me. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why he was on that subject. <laughs> yeah, what was that conversation <laughs> even about? I don't know. It's Barney. He was probably drunk. Well, he's always drunk. So Lisa's there to profile Homer for the school newspaper, and she wanted to follow him around for the day to see what makes him tick. And, you know, in Wisconsin, um, up until a certain time during the day, kids are allowed in bars because during the day they're considered restaurants. Yeah, well, even... So you can bring... I've been in bars with, you know, parents bringing their kids to have dinner and then oh, yeah. leaving. And yep. so, you know, I still think it's kind of weird that Lisa's not in school unless this is like a Saturday or Sunday. Or after school. Because Homer, be Homer usually doesn't go drinking at least till after school. <laughs> yeah. 
So or after work. Well, unless they give him the day off because you know he saved the saved the Springfield. Yeah. So then Barney uh, replies to Lisa that he used to follow his dad to a lot of bars too. Which I'm guessing for a different reason. Yeah. And so Mo is uh, serving Homer and Lisa their drinks. And she's like, or he's like, chocolate milk? And puts it in front of Homer and uh, beer and puts it in front of Lisa. And Lisa's like, I think you got that mixed up a little. And then he switches it back. I don't think Mo would have made that mistake. I know he's... I don't think he would have. I mean, he is a decent bartender, I would think. Yeah. And why yeah. shouldn't Homer have a milk, uh, uh, milkshake or chocolate, chocolate milk? Because but why should Lisa shouldn't be drinking beer though? Probably not. She's got a lot of brain to hold on to. Yes. And so Homer has to give a speech the next day for his employee, or not employee of the month. He's uh, he's they, going to Shelbyville, Shelbyville to teach their nuclear team how to, you know, step it up and make their work. Be- be as, calm in a crisis. Yeah, exactly. Being calm in a crisis. And Homer has to give a speech on this. And Barney uh, says he had to give a speech once. <laughs> and he just pictured everyone in their underwear. The judge, the jury, his lawyer, everybody. Uh, Barney, I don't think you were giving a speech. <laughs> and Homer is like, did it work? I'm a free man, and aren't I? I? So it obviously worked. He, he dude, What Barney did he do, his... though, that he was pleading to not? D- what? DWI? <laughs> DUI? That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, probably. And so he's a free man, which is good. He's like, Barney's like, I'll never do it again. I don't know if we ever see Barney actually driving a vehicle besides his his plow. Yeah, I don't know. Aside from the Mr. Plow episode, I don't know if we actually ever see Barney driving a vehicle. I think, I think there's like one or two episodes where we see it, but I could be completely I want to keep an eye. I want to keep an eye out for that, just, just to okay. see. And so... Uh, Marge comes into Bart's room and he's like, why don't you go play over, play over at Millhouse's? Well, no, no, no. Cause, oh. uh, Millhouse calls him on the walkie. Oh, that's right. He's like, and he's that was like, in the trash, to Bart. which is, which, which yeah, goes he's... back to the beginning of the episode when Bart, Bart gives him the walkie talkies. Hey, he's obviously had the walkie talkie on this entire time. Yeah. How are the batteries not dead? Even if it was like for two or th- even if this episode went for like three days. How are those batteries not dead? I don't know. I guess I don't know how kids walkie talkies plus batteries function. If it's low volt, like if it's really low voltage, it might stay on. Maybe, maybe it will do a test. We'll I'll, I got a couple walkie talkies. I'll throw some batteries in them, leave them on and see how long they go. Oh, actually, you know what? That's actually something I've done when I like, I go snowboarding out West. We always bring walkie talkies with me and I feel like I leave them on all the time because I forget to turn them off when I throw them back in my backpack. And yeah. I know I've left them on for days upon days, and there's still still some juice left in them. So yeah. I think so. I think they actually can last. Yeah. Uh, for some good time, especially if you're not pressing the button and actually actually using it. And so Milhouse is like, Milhouse to Bart, do you want to come over and play? And Bart's like, Really? We can be friends again? Did your mom die? <laughs> and Milhouse is like, I I don't know. I think she's fine. <laughs> How do you not know if your mom is dead? Yeah. And so Bart thanks March for sticking up for him and asks, you know, why Bart believes it was her. And he responds, well, who else would? And your mom, I mean, mean, your mom's going to stick up for you. Depending on the mother. Yep. And then March tells Bart to be good. And then Bart goes under his bed and uh, immediately pulls out a BB gun and cocks it like, you know, pumps (laughs) it like five times. (laughs) 
Oh my god! Which brings me back to the beginning when Bart, uh, when Mark Milhouse says Bart's a bad influence. This, Bart's bad this, influence. this is why. And so while Homer is giving his speech at, at the Shelbyville plant, he imagines everyone in their underwear, even yep. himself. Even himself. Yep. <laughs> that's not how it's, that's not how it's that's supposed to be. He goes, ah, and hides behind the, the podium. And so the plant starts to go into meltdown crisis. And then Homer's asked to fix it. But before that, he's like, whew, saved by the bell. Yeah. Well, because he didn't want to continue giving the speech. And yep. then the alarm went off. He's like, oh, thank God. And they're like, Homer, save us. And so he goes to the panel. He's like, he closes his eyes and does the eeny, meeny, miny, mo thing again and presses the right button twice. Twice he's lucky. What was the button he hit? Yeah, he's like, what button did you push, Homer? Mo? (laughs) God. He's like, Uh, you based your entire thing on a silly rhyming game? And so then we cut to the uh, Ken Brockman with uh, his uh, show My Two Cents, and he yep. starts the, the starts the segment. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Is Homer a hero? The answer, employees. No. Uh, oh wait, the answer, employees, is no. Yep. Yeah, he's no hero. He's just lucky. Nope. And so I like how we get kind of a first shot of uh, um, a new anchor i guess you would call oh, yeah. uh, another laugh anchor. and a half laugh and a half a new segment laugh and a half and he shows uh wig wiggum being uh foiling a bank robbery without doing anything he's just counting his coins on the counter and snake just backs up right into him and the jar falls on his head and he's like looks like i pulled a homer yeah and so and now then we cut to, and then we cut to magic johnson playing playing a game and uh, apparently there's some water or some sweat on the court and he slips the ball um, hits the referee control, hits the referee and then goes in and goes up oh, i guess i pulled, I pulled a homer. homer and i i don't know if that's legal can you can you bounce a ball off a referee and, and score yeah. a basket i know in hockey if a puck bounces off a referee and goes in well it depends is because the referee is the referee on the court or is he on the sideline i think referees are always on the court well, there. I think in, in oh, there's two. Yeah, yeah, right. It's kind of like it's kind of like soccer. We got the two line judges, and then the I don't center. think there's I don't think there's a ref actually on the court. Yeah, there is. Play. Isn't there not on the court? Really? Maybe not. I guess I don't watch enough basketball. Like, there's no. I mean, maybe they're like in the back. So our so unlike in hockey, then our basketball uh, referees not considered in play. Well, I'm assuming if they're on the court. And they get hit by the ball. I'm assuming they're considered in play, but I'm pretty sure they're never actually on the court. Oh, I think they're usually they're either they're either behind the play, or they're on the sides. All they're right. never actually in the freaking middle. So if the ball were to hit a referee, then he'd probably he'd probably the ball would be out of bounds. Correct. Yeah. So Magic so Johnson, pro- you didn't actually pull a homer. Well, they gave him the points, so maybe they maybe he did. Maybe. And so now we get a dictionary shot again as Homer. Noun. One, American bonehead. Two, pull to uh, pull a Homer to succeed despite idiocity. Idiocy. Idiocy. And then I like how it was, you know, put in the dictionary because um, I'm assuming it was Homer. The word Homer was never in the dictionary before, like the other words we had mentioned. Correct. And, uh... We get some credits. Dictionary closes and uh, credits. 
This is a fantastic... I like this episode. Um, I know I've said in the past, the cutting back and forth between scenes is a little jarring. Um, but in this instance, I think it works a lot better because you have the A storyline of... And this is kind of the first episode where we see... I mean, it's not the first. It's like the second or third, I believe, in the last couple of seasons where you have the A storyline, which is Homer and the nuclear power plant and him trying to stop a meltdown and the B storyline, which is Bart Milhouse being friends, not being friends, becoming friends again. And it's such a good episode. The The jokes are funny. You know, you got to pull This is the episode where we got pull up, pulling a Homer um, you know, we got Lou, we got a new character out of it, and Luann. Yeah, we got a couple new characters. Couple, well, Luann's a recurring character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a it's a really good episode. The jokes are there. I don't know if it's really a five worthy episode. Definitely a four. It's a solid. It's a solid four mm, sprinkles for me. Yeah. No, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go mm, sprinkles. I think. If the B story didn't seem as, I don't say useless, because it, it provided a good a good story, like it it yeah. really did, but it just seems so out of place with the A story. Yeah. Like, well, it, I mean, but they did a good job of establishing. Oh, it they did. In yeah, the yeah, first, yeah. In the first scene where he's writing out the birthday card, which is funny that can... the B story started the episode. And then yeah. they switch to the A story. Yeah. Like normally it's A story and then you get to the B story. But unless uh, I was going to say, unless the Bart Millhouse thing was supposed to be the A story. I mean, I feel like I think there was more time spent on. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was more. Equal. I think it was a good 50 50 split. But I feel like a nuclear disaster is more of an A story than Bart Millhouse not being friends anymore because the nu- the nuclear disaster affects everybody where yeah. Martin Milhouse not being friends doesn't affect anybody but them and maybe Marge. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I definitely loved it. The jokes were there. The lines were funny. We uh, get another shot of uh, Smithers in love with Mr. Burns. Yeah. Um, we just learn a little bit more about Milhouse's home life and yep. we learn, you know, that Bart was oh, a crazy man. What, Otto's nuts, yeah. Uh, I love the Otto character. Anytime he's in an episode, it's just really funny, the stuff that he gets to pull. And yeah, yep. we, we got a f- new phrase, pulling a homer, which I, I yep. think we need to bring that back. We do need to bring We need back. to bring that back. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, for every, uh, mm, sprinkles is what I'm going with. So yep. let's finish it out, like always, with our character profile. And not all character profiles are high-powered, high-profile characters in the Simpsons world. We got to mm-hmm. we got to say hello to some of the uh Z characters if you will. Some of the ones this that This is definitely a Z character. doesn't show up too often, but we got we got to give them their their due diligence. Uh so this week we are headlining Scott Christian who is uh the TV news reporter at uh what 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 is their station numbers? Do you remember? Letters? I Letters? don't know. I don't think KWB, we ever find no, it. K, KDWB, or is that the, just the radio That's station? That's the radio station. I don't, can't remember it off the top of my head. That's There's bad. Springfield bad Action Steven. Bulletin News. Yeah, bad, Steven. I don't know their call letters. If Maybe they don't have them. So I probably it's, 
I mean, if it's Springfield uh, Bulletin Action News SBAN, maybe, maybe. those are their call letters. We'll have to look into that. If any of you guys know and want to school us on that, let us know if, before we find out. Uh, he hosts uh, Laugh and a Half segment of the news, which yep. I'm guessing that's kind of your fluff pieces. Yeah, probably. I, I would have to say. Although, someone foiling a bank robbery, <laughs> pulling but a But it's homers. funny how he foiled Yeah, it. so I guess it could be a fluff piece, right? Yeah, nobody uh, was hurt. Yeah, his appearance, clean cut, which I think for a laugh and a half segment doesn't necessarily have to be the clean cut type. You're on television, you should yeah. look clean cut. His demeanor is earnest and holds a microphone with the best of them. So I mean, must, holding must... a microphone is uh, definitely an art that people don't know how to freaking do. Yeah. So, so he's a he's a good guy. He was only on the episode for about thirty seconds, if that. And yep, he played his role very very well. And I think it's, uh, uh, one of the handful of times he's definitely a Z character because yeah. Really ever but I do, him. but I do like his intro to the Wiggum thing. He's like. There was more dumb luck in the news today <laughs> after after following after following Ken Brockman. That, that is a great line. Okay. He might have only been on the episode for like 10, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, but man, that is a a great line to come yep. out with. So alright guys. So as always, you can uh, come find us on all the podcasting platforms. You can even come find us on YouTube where I post a video version of the podcast uh, with a little screenshot. And you can subscribe there and listen to our episodes on YouTube. But yeah, if you do listen on there, make sure you subscribe. That way you can see when all the episodes come out. I'm getting caught up on having all of our episodes on YouTube. So hopefully by the time you hear this, the majority of them are on there. And then my plan is to do the new episodes like always on Sunday and then probably Tuesday, Wednesday, throw this one up on YouTube. Uh, So if you want to hear it first, you know, right away, make sure you subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, all those uh, podcast platforms. Or if you do listen to it on YouTube, it'll just be out a few days later. You can find us on our social media on Facebook, The Simpsons Did It Podcast. On Instagram, The Simpsons Did It Pod. You can... Find us Sweet. on uh, Twitter. Twitter. Um, I'm going to try to get more stuff going on Twitter at Simpsons Did It PC. And you can uh, support our podcast, uh, like always, uh, at buymeacoffee.com backslash Simpsons Did It Pod. Mm-hmm. So head over there, uh, donate. All the donations are going to go towards uh, fun merch and stuff that uh, we'll hopefully get out to you as. The time progresses, but we want to build up a little bit of uh, surplus in donations before we uh, get out there and start uh, pumping merch into everyone's hand. We should hopefully... And if there's anything you would like to see as a gift or something you would like to buy that we can make, uh, give us your suggestions. We're always open to uh, suggestions from our fans of you know stuff they might want to hear on the podcast or you know with us getting merch out to you guys as, you know, prize, you're not prizes, but giveaways for, you know, subscribing, subscribing to us. We always, we're always open to suggestions. Yep, exactly. And so we have been getting a lot of good uh, feedback on Facebook lately. Um, So I want to thank everyone for responding and starting to kind of get involved with the posts that we do on, uh, Fan Friday and uh, Trivia Tuesday and all that stuff. So until next time, I'm Steven Skolansky. 
I'm pulling a homer. I mean, your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.